Okay, so the shayla that we're going to uh, um, we're going to address tonight uh, was a uh, it, it's a fascinating shayla because it's uh, something which touches upon a lot of interesting things. This is one of those cases where uh, once you hear the shayla, so uh, there's it's very easy to formulate opinions, and as you as you'll see as we try and go sort of systematically and step by step through these halachas. Um, which we're not necessarily going to reach a conclusion about it, but just to see that would, see, would seem at first glance to be a very simple, straightforward question actually contains within it a lot of complexity and a lot of different issues all at the, at the same time. So, uh, so the Shaila went as follows. This is a, this happened, it, it, this, it's a Chosha Mishpat question, but it didn't come to me, at least by the Chosha Mishpat hotline. This came from the base Horah. What happened was, is that uh, many of the, uh, many of the camps. So what they've moved from is, in terms of canteen, is that each kid is given like a, uh, a credit card or a gift card or something like that. And it's loaded with X amount of dollars, whatever the parents sent in for the child's canteen money. And every time they order a pop or ice cream or chips or candy or something like that, the kid swipes his card and then the amount of the whatever it is that they order comes off of that that comes off of that card. And that's how they uh, they keep track of the money. That's how uh, that's how things go. So what happened was is that the last week or so to whatever camp this was from, I have no idea. So a boy in camp found a canteen card, and he went to the uh, the people who run the canteen. They say, "Listen, could you look up and see whose card this uh, belongs to?" And the canteen said, "Actually, we have no idea who it belongs to." We could look up what foods were purchased with this canteen card and on which day it was purchased, but we actually have no idea. We have no way of being able to trace who the card actually belongs to because we don't we didn't keep track of the original numbers and who it was distributed to or anything anything like that. So the bacher who found this canteen card with money loaded on it, so he put up a sign in camp and said, if anybody lost their canteen card, contact uh, Yankel Barrel. And uh, he was prepared to go ahead and return the canteen card to whoever the owner, uh, the, whoever the owner would be. It got to the last day of camp and nobody stepped forward and contacted Yankel Barrel about this canteen card. So it was at that point that he calls up the, the base hurrah and says, listen, there is a money which is still left on the card. Can I go ahead and bring the card into the canteen and... Uh, redeem whatever money is left on the card and keep it for myself? Is this considered to be like found money that I go ahead and I get to keep it uh, for myself? So that was the uh, that was the Shiloh which, uh, which which was presented. It happened to me, I'll tell you that uh, 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 the Shiloh came in as I was driving Yechiel and Miri and their children to the airport. So Yechiel enjoys when he gets to hang out uh, with me and I'm answering the phone because that way he gets to hear, you know, the, uh, the interesting shilas which, which come that way. And I began to speak out with this Bachar about the different potential issues which are there. And then I gave him, uh, I gave the, uh, the Bachar an answer, which you'll see in a moment. And then as we kept on driving about five minutes later, I said, you know what? I'm not exactly sure that I necessarily got all of the details of this. Let me call my friend in New York and let me go ahead and discuss it uh, with him. So I called him up. We're still on the way to the airport. So I called him up 
And again, it was just amazing to see how he was able to, he, he recalled that we wrote an article about this, and it was able off the top of his head to repeat or spit back all of the Marmakomos, all of the exact sources and all of the issues which were involved. And it's a, as I said, it's a fascinating thing, and we'll try and go through a number of that, uh, a number of that now, a number of those sources now. Okay. So now the first thing to, that you have to be aware of is the fact that we have to be able to identify exactly what this canteen card, what it is halachically. So uh, many people, and this Yechiel told me that he thinks many people would actually uh, overlook this, many people would think would equate finding this card with finding cash. You find money on the street, so there's a halachas of Ashava Saveda, and you would think perhaps that finding this canteen card is going to be the exact same thing. But the truth is, is that it's not exactly the same thing. They're actually very different from one another. And they, because the truth is, is that a canteen card, the same as any other gift card, essentially, is what's referred to in Lashon Kodesh, what's referred to in Halachic terminology, is a shtar chov. It's a contract of debt. It means that somebody owes me money, and this card represents the amount which I'm able to claim from them that they still owe me. So when I send uh, my, uh, my, uh, my child, when I send a Avrami to camp, and there's, let's say, $50 on his canteen card, essentially what I've done is I've loaned the camp $50. They now owe me $50 worth of stuff. And the way that they're going to pay me back the $50 that they owe me is they're going to give Avrami chips and pop and uh, ice cream and all sorts of uh, different things. But it represents that card, and the same as any other gift card, represents a debt which is owed to me, whoever the uh, the card holder happens to, uh, to, to be. So now, once we begin with, with, the, uh, with that, with that perspective, so now suddenly things take on a different, uh, a different, perspective uh, than, uh, than if, it was just, if it was just cash, because that's going to raise the first issue. And that is, perhaps what we should say is, is that when I gave the $50 to the canteen in the first place, they now owe me $50 worth of stuff. If, let's just use Avrami as the example over here, if Avrami loses that canteen card, so once it becomes an Aveda, once it becomes a lost object, so maybe the lender... No, the borrower, sorry, the borrower now acquires those $50. And maybe at that point, the borrower could say, listen, there was $50, which was lost. You lost $50 worth of loan that you were owed. When you lost it, I have the $50 in my possession. I'm now going to keep that for myself in lieu of having to pay you the, the uh, in, in, in lieu of having to repay you. Because at the end of the day, I found your lost thing because I have the $50, which I owe you. So since you lost it, I acquired, and it should really belong to me. So that would be the first argument that the canteen would make is that when, if I go to the canteen with somebody else's card, I say, I would like to redeem this card for the $23.57, which remains on it. The canteen will say to me, is it your card? I say no. They say, listen, if it's not your card, so then we are the finder of that lost money because we have the money. It's been in our possession all this time, those $50, and therefore it's ours, and you have no right to go ahead and redeem that card whatsoever. So the question understand. is, what understand. happens when there's yeush, if you remember that term, yeush meaning to despair from recovering something, what happens when there's yeush 
on a chov, on a debt which is owned. So what exactly is the halachic consequence of that? So this I don't understand the difference between this card and cash. What? Cash is also cash is also a, a debt. It says the bearer of this money, uh, this this uh, certificate, this cash, you, you have to pay me something for the cash. The same thing as, as the oh, card. No, I don't I see don't the difference. But, but when so, you so so cash, so although cash allows me to buy stuff with, with cash, so from a halachic perspective. We differentiate between currency and a debt. If I have $5, you don't owe me any. If you decide you don't want to sell me anything because I wear glasses or I have a long beard, so you may go ahead and you have the right. And I, I can't have any timers on you and say, listen, I've got a $5 bill. You have to sell that to me because you owe it to me. You don't owe me anything. I have $5 that allows me to buy $5 with a product, but you, a merchant, you don't owe me anything. If I have a gift card to your store, you can't tell me, listen, I'm not honoring that gift card because you have a beard. Say, jump in the lake. I have a gift card. You owe it to me. It's a debt. Can I ask a question here? One, one second. I, I want to make sure that Mel is uh, is good with that. No, I'm not good with that. <laughs> You're what? I'm not good with that. It doesn't make sense to me. The gift card can be bought from one store and you bring it to another store to, to buy stuff. The, the store you go to doesn't own the card. You bought it from a separate store. It, it, it depends. If 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 uh, if, uh, if you buy somebody for their bar mitzvah a gift card to Kesher Stam, that gift card isn't redeemable anywhere other than in Kesher Stam. There's no value anywhere whatsoever other than in that particular store which issued the gift card. So it's a limited gift card, but cash what? is a more general gift card. It says no, oh, it's not. Right. But but the but the store has the has the fifty dollars. Right. The store has the fifty dollars already. Right. That's why, cash, that's why it's a debt. They the owe cash. me the, the right, store they owe, they owe, cash. Right. That's why they owe it to me. They owe it to me because I, some, I or somebody already gave them $50 towards the purchase of, of, of a product. If I have cash, nobody owes me anything. I, ha, I have the means to buy something, but nobody owes me anything. The entire world could refuse to, uh, to sell something to me. Okay. Yeah. Art, what were you going to say? Yeah, so you, you you were saying maybe we could argue that the that the canteen could say, well, uh, you you lost um, uh, you lost this thing that that you can redeem your debt. So now I have the money, I can keep the debt. But that 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 rubs me the wrong way because um, let's suppose let's suppose I borrow a hundred dollars from you, and and then you have a star, and you lose the star. So if, if I'm dishonest, I can say, well, you don't have any proof anymore. Go jump. I have your $100. But halachically, if I know that I owe you $100, I'm still required to say I owe you $100 and to pay it to you. So how can the owner of the canteen say I want to keep the money unless he's being dishonest and saying you lost your proof. So, you know, I'm not acknowledging that I owe you anything. Um, right. So th th there's one element of, uh, of what you're saying, which I don't want to address, which is what exactly a star is, how a star functions. Uh, Rabbi Zev Kohn is very fond of quoting of Yashaber Salvechik, because Rabbi Zev Kohn is from Boston. He used to walk home uh, on Shabbos and Yontif when he was in Boston, when he was home for Shabbos, he used to walk home with Rabbi Salvechik. It was like a half hour, 45 minute walk that they used to walk together regularly. 
So he, Rabbi Cohen, is very fond of quoting Rav Salvechik as saying, um, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. <laughs> so so Salvechik uh, didn't have a clear, did not feel that he had a clear understanding of exactly how a star works, the mechanics of a star. So I certainly would not suppose that I'm going to go ahead and be able to, uh, to resolve that and be able to, uh, to explain that. Over here, on top of that, we have the issue is the canteen could say if 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 the bacher comes along and says I found this uh, this uh, this uh, this uh, gift card and nobody has a step forward and therefore I'm going to redeem it. So the it, from what it would seem at first glance, the canteen tells the finder jump in the lake because I don't owe you anything. It's not your card. If the actual owner comes forward, then I'll pay him that money. But you are not the actual owner of that card. And therefore, why should I pay? Why should I pay you anything? Just because you're in possession of the card, there's no debt which I owe to you. You just said that the store doesn't know who owns the card. What? You said that the store said they don't keep track of who owns the card. So they have no idea who owns the card. Right. You claim it's not yours, but you can claim it is. I made a mistake, it is mine. Right. So if, if the buffer wants to lie and say that it's his card. So then they would have no proof. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna get to that point. But right now, let's uh, we're assuming that he's being honest, and everybody wants to know, uh, you know, So is the bachar allowed to go ahead and redeem it with everybody acknowledging that it's it was not originally his card? He merely found it in the uh, on the baseball field. But we're we're, we're going to talk about that point uh, that you're that you're raising now. And you're saying it is that it's, he, he says it's not my card. The store can say, "Okay, I'm, I'm keeping the cash." Right. That, that that's what the canteen wants to say. We're gonna we're gonna keep it because if if it's lost, we're the finder of it because we have the money which we, the, the money which is owed that's in our possession and therefore we're keeping it. Okay. Okay. So here okay. we begin. It says Shochanach. I'm going to change that right now. This is actually the Ramah. So the Ramah in Chosha Mishpat, Simon Kuf Sama Gimel. So this is where we begin with a fascinating, uh, a fascinating uh, debate, which you know one can imagine uh, very easily how uh, this debate is going to, uh, you know, uh, get very heated. So you say Kahal Shehilvu Lasar. So you have a community which lent money to some non-Jewish government official. I don't know whatever the uh, whatever the case was. He was the uh, the the porets, the guy who was in charge of the region, Va'amar, and for the loan, the way he was good, the way the the sar was, the way this officer was, the way the governor was going to pay back the loan was Amar lenakos lahem hamasim. He's going to give them tax breaks. So rather than paying what they used to pay a sixty percent tax uh, tax rate or something like that, so they're only going to have to pay a thirty percent tax rate. Okay. So obviously, if there's a tax rate, then there's so the people who have more money are going to uh, will get get a bigger break, whatever it is. Now, so that but that was the agreement. They loaned him ten thousand dollars, and they were going to get a tax break. That's how they were going to be repaid. And then the governor decided, you know what? I'm not honoring my obligation at all. You could all jump in the lake for all I care. Umes, and then he dies. Okay, no. So what happens to the community members? The community members say, listen, 
There's no way we're going to get our back our money at this point. There was maybe a small hope that the governor, which would uh, would feel a little bit guilty and would want to honor his commitment, but being that he's no longer here with us, there's no way we're getting back our ten thousand dollars. We're not getting any tax breaks anymore from the next governor. The money is as good as gone, as good as lost, uh, good as lost. And then amazingly, the son of the governor, he takes over his father's position, he becomes a new governor, and he decides he's going to honor his father's commitment. And he's going to give them the, the agreed upon tax breaks. So, so this money, which the tzibur is now going to earn, or is now going to be able to keep, um, let just for simplicity purposes, let's just think of it in terms of that they had given ten thousand dollars based on income. So a total of ten thousand dollars was given to the governor, and depending on your your wealth bracket, affected whether you gave two hundred dollars, you gave one hundred dollars, you gave fifty dollars, you gave twenty five dollars. So overall, from the, the the composite of everybody's contribution together, it was ten thousand dollars. The governor said, "I'm not honoring that. You can all jump in the lake for all I care." And then he dies. His son takes over and says, I'm going to pay you back the $10,000 I owe you. So now that $10,000 is considered, the Ramah says, is considered as if they are now being gifted $10,000 from Hefker. So it's not considered to be repayment of that original loan. It's now considered to be a gift of $10,000. The Again, we're just going to put it for simplicity. And the money is no longer going to be distributed based on how much everybody contributed in the first place. It's not going to be shared equally by all of the members who had donated the money in the first place. So that means, what this effectively means is, is that when the governor borrowed the money and the tzibur gave up on ever recovering their money again, they said, you know what, it's far following. We're never going to see this money, this money again. So the governor really acquires all of that money. All of that money now becomes his. He owes nothing anymore because they were meyayish, because they despaired of ever getting that money back. Such that when the son decides he's going to pay back that $10,000, it's considered to be a gift from the son rather than repayment of the loan. And it's not going to be distributed based on how much everybody had contributed in the first place. It's not going to be shared equally by all of the members of the, of, of the society. So the bottom line is over here is that there are Ramah of the opinion that when somebody despairs from recovering their debt, so it's no longer the, the person who owed the debt in the first place is the first acquirer of that the debt, and it becomes their money. What this means in the canteen case is, is that the owner of the canteen card, when he lost his card, and he gave up, we're assuming right now that he was Miyaish, but when he gave up on ever finding his canteen card again, the canteen acquires that money which was still in his account, and it becomes their money. And that means that when I, the finder of the card, go to the canteen and say, hey, I want to redeem the, re- the remaining balance on this card of $25.73. The canteen says, sorry, it's too late. We already acquired that money. There's no balance which is left on that card. And you guys could, uh, you all could uh, jump in the lake.
So that's the opinion of the Ramah, which would tell this Bachar, who's the finder, you are not going to be able to redeem that money. It's not yours anymore because we, the canteen, went ahead and we acquired it before you. That is the opinion of the Ramah. Now here it says the Taz, but it's really... I was prepared Rabbi right. Shaffel? Yes. Um, this seems to assume that because a person didn't come forward that he was Miyayesh. Correct. Okay. I, I uh, In fact, there is a simon on this card because they know what foods were ordered with it at what time. Correct. So, um, I, I guess I'm wondering whether, I, I mean, I understand that a certain amount of time may have passed, but how would you know that somebody was Miyayish? You can't assume it, because it seems, because it has a simon. Right, right. So, th so th that's going to be one of the factors which, which is going to be important. And that's one of the reasons why we're not going to reach a definitive conclusion over here uh, in, the, in this particular uh, Shiloh. Uh, specifically because what Bob is raising in terms of that there's there's no there's no reason to necessarily assume that the owner of the card, the holder of the card, was actually Miyayish. Now, the counter-argument, Bob, to what you said is the fact that a sign was posted and nobody stepped forward. Nobody put up a sign saying, I lost my canteen card. Nobody responded to the sign which was up, which said, if you lost your canteen card, speak to so-and-so. Uh, so that lends itself a little bit to um, the, po the possibility that maybe he just went ahead and abandoned it. On the other hand, you could argue and say he just didn't see the signs. He didn't pay attention to, uh, to the sign, never saw it. And uh, you know, I don't know what he's thinking because it's now the end of camp and uh, he doesn't have his card and there's money which is left on it. But you're, you're correct that we don't necessarily have clear evidence that there was Yeush. And if we can't automatically assume that there was Yeush, so then that is uh, uh, the money very well may still be his. It's not even the canteens to go ahead and take. And that would also correct. That would uh, that uh, that complicates things in a very uh, dramatic way. That I take it there's no expiration date on this card. Um, so there may be. I, I, I don't know what would happen on uh, on that. Um, you know, it could only the be used in camp. Think I'll, I'll, I'll redeem it next year when I go back to camp. Yeah, when so I find they, it, they, I lost they, it. I would, I would imagine that they what's it called? I would imagine that uh, that they they, uh, they cancel all the cards. You know, from one session to the other, from one uh, from one summer to the other. But I don't know for sure. I, I, I when I was speaking to my friend in New York about it. I said I would imagine this was it was regarding a different point that I that I uh, raised this, but I said I imagine that they uh, they probably have some sort of policy that any even if I have my card and I just forgot to go ahead and redeem the money uh, you know that which was uh, which was in the account, so is the camp responsible to reach out to all of those bachrim to say listen you have three dollars and forty three cents on it and you have seven dollars and you have you know sixteen dollars on your account. Or do they have some sort of policy which says that if by whatever balance remains, when you leave camp, that's our money. It's, it's not redeemable afterwards. That would be an easy way to avoid many of these shilas is to have such a policy. I said, in, I said that it's likely that they do because most camps have a similar policy with regards to lost objects, with regards to clothing, which is left behind. 
camps don't want to go ahead and go running after and return this sock and this pair of shorts and this pair of underwear and this undershirt. They don't want this bathing suit. They don't want to do any of that. They uh, So they have policies where the parents sign and say, anything that your kid leaves behind in camp, you're never going to see it again. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's gone. So my friend said that, uh, that he doesn't think that by canteen that they have such a policy because usually it's a bacher who runs the canteen, you know, for the summer. And then next summer, he doesn't come back anyways, because he's moved on to a different place in life. So they don't have any continuity where they would adopt a policy that the experiences from one summer would carry over to make policy for the next summer, because they're just happy that they're done with the obligation for that summer, and they don't think about it ever again. So these, he thinks that these policies may never actually be adopted, just because you don't have that continuity of, of administration, like they do with clothing, which is left behind, which is the actual camp administration's uh, responsibility. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm convinced as, as far as that, because there must be money somewhere, you know, you know, fast cash or whatever, you're going to go ahead and you're going to look up and you're going to find that old canteen money from when you were 12 years old in camp and see if the state is holding it on to it for you. I, I would imagine not. But uh, what 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 about what about three days after camp is over? If 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 the kid has his card and there's money left on it, can the parents get a refund? So so okay, excellent. So now uh, Art is raising another very important point, which makes this uh, which uh, further complicates this case, and that is that whose money is actually in the canteen account? Is it the kid's money or it's the parents' money? So in the event that it's the parents' money. So then what, uh, what Art is, is hinting to is the fact that there's a machlokis. If I'm a shomer on your thing and I lose it and I am miyayish from ever finding it. So I, the shomer, I, the custodian, I give up hope. I despair from ever finding that lost object again. Does my yeush is the shomer, what does that do to your ownership of the, of the object? Can I be miyayish or yeush is the exclusive domain of the owner? And the owner doesn't know that it's lost. And therefore, since the owner doesn't know that it's lost, so he can't be miyayish because nobody informed him of the fact that, 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 that it's lost. So that also is a very important thing in terms of being able to paskin the Shiloh Lemaisa. We have to know the age of the people who are involved. Are they ketanim or are they above the age of Barabbas Mitzvah? And who exactly is funding this uh, the canteen? Is it the kids' babysitting money that they put into the canteen for themselves? Or is it money that the parents put in there, but ultimately the parents never relinquish their ownership of that money, and therefore, if anything, any balance remains, the parents would expect to get it back, and the kid doesn't have the halachic ability to be miyayish on the parents' money. So that also is a, a further complication to the case. As I said, it seems like a pretty straightforward case when you first uh, think about it, but then as we go along, we see that there's actually many different uh, halachic issues which are involved. Okay, to save time, in source number two over here, so there are the, the, the Taz, famous Taz, the commentary to Shulchan Aruch. So he has a commentary in Chosha Mishpat as well. So the Chacham Tzvi, one of the great Achronim, so he, wrote a, uh, he went ahead and he wrote commentaries on the Taz, which are very often are printed in the, within the commentary of the Taz himself on Shulchan Aruch. So he goes ahead, and we'll just take this initial line he says, and that is, He says that when it comes to a debt, so yeush, meaning to despair from getting back your money, 
So you as the um, uh, you as the lender, so Yeush doesn't impact the loan at all. Even if I decide, you know what, this guy's never going to pay me back in a million years. There's no way I'm ever going to see that money. He's a scoundrel. I've now discovered that this borrower is a scoundrel and a thief, and he's borrowed from hundreds of people, and he hasn't paid back one penny of any of the money which he uh, which he ever uh, which he ever borrowed. And I'm never going to see that hundred dollars again. Even though I was miyayish, I'm ever recovering that money as the lender. The, the Chacham Tzvi says that Yeush, which I have on the debt, has no impact whatsoever on the obligation. So he's yeah. disagreeing with the Ramah. He's disagreeing with the Ramah. He says that it does it doesn't help it it doesn't help at all. As far as these things are concerned, he says that there's a mitzvah on the borrower to pay back the money, and it's the same as any other mitzvah. And Yeush just doesn't it, it, it doesn't help. He says, for example, the last line he says. In here, he says that Pasha Bukuli Talmuda. He says this is an obvious idea throughout the Talmud. He says, if I go ahead and I steal your baseball mitt and I stole it from you, and it's been five years since I stole it from you, and you said, you know what, five years later, Shaffle's not paying me back that baseball glove. It's just not coming back to me. There, there's no way I'm ever going to see it again. It's gone. It's, uh, it's, it's never to be heard of. So I stole it from you. You're Mayaj. The fact that you ultimately despaired from ever recovering your baseball mitt doesn't exempt me from my obligation to return to you the stolen object, which I took. And if I still have that base moment, even if it's a year later, five years later, 10 years later, 50 years later, I still owe you that baseball myth if I still have it, because the fact that you're Miyash has no impact whatsoever on my obligation to repay you what I owe you. And in a similar way, the Chacham Tzvi says that if I borrowed money from you, so the fact that you thought I wasn't ever going to pay you back, and you despaired from ever being able to, from ever seeing that money again, doesn't mean that I don't owe you the money. That debt is still ongoing until I pay it back. So it doesn't matter, the Chacham Tzvi says, it doesn't matter if you, the lender, was miyayish from recovering it, because the bottom line is, the money is owed. And if the money is owed, the money has to be repaid uh, at some point uh, anyways. So that is Machlokis number one. So if Machlokis between the Arma and the Chacham Tzvi, if I owe you money, so I'm the canteen, I owe you money, and you despair from ever seeing that money again, do I still owe it to you or not? The Ramah says, I don't actually owe it to you anymore. Yehush is actually effective by a loan. And the Chacham Tzvi rejects this out of hand. He says, absolutely not, that if I owe you money, that obligation continues until it's paid back. There's, a, there's no cancel, unless you're mochal, you could be mochal it. But unless you're mochal, Yehush in and of itself does not exempt me from my mitzvah to repay in my obligation to go ahead and repay you the money which was borrowed. Now, that's point number one. Now, point number two is, so once we, we accept this, uh, this idea that this gift card or this canteen card is considered to be a shtarchov, it's considered to be a document which represents the money which I owe you, right? I'm the canteen person, so I owe you. So, the normal way by which a shtar chov is transferred has a very specific way. And this is what you have at the beginning, Shulchan Archa, the beginning of Simen Samach Vav, says as follows, osios, osios would literally mean letters. What it means is, a, it means a, a, a document, a legal document, a loan document, a document of, uh, you know, a, a, any sort of debt. 
So ein niknin elabiksiva umesiva. So the only way that I could convey ownership of a loan document. So let's say I loaned Ellen money. She owes me $1,000. And now I want to sell that debt to Mel so that Mel should be able to collect $1,000 from Ellen. So if I merely hand him the, uh, the, the loan document between me and Ellen, Mel doesn't own that debt. Mel doesn't have the right to collect that. The only way Mel will acquire that is what we call ksiva umesira. So we have to write a separate document, like a star, and it has to be handed to Mel specifically in order for him to go ahead and, and acquire that debt. But absent that, so the regular halachas of hagba, of lifting something up, which is normally how you acquire movable objects, or mashicha, dragging something in the event that it's a heavy object. So those methods of Kenyan are not effective for a, uh, for a star. There's a specific method, which we call Siva Umesira. And now the question is going to be, how is that going to, um, uh, uh, what happens in the event that uh, um, the, uh, uh, right, so, so that is number one. Okay, so now, in source number four, what we have over here is, so you have the shach on that Simon Samach Vav. So he says as follows. And again, we'll just read the beginning over here. He says, What emerges from this is, So now, the, the case of the, of, of the canteen card may be a little bit different. And this is certainly true of a general gift card. It may be different than... A, a, an actual loan document of money which I loaned to Ellen. Because when uh, I wrote a loan document between Ellen and myself, so it says very clearly that Ellen owes me that money. But a gift card, when you buy a Visa gift card, so that means you've lent Visa $100, Visa now owes you $100 worth of stuff, and Visa doesn't care who presents that gift card. Whoever pres- or It's like a bearer bond. Whoever presents this bond has the right to go ahead and collect this money. And it doesn't matter whether it was issued to you in the first place or not. That's a completely irrelevant uh, factor because that's the phrase which you have at the end over here. That star, we'll read it again now. Star bo. If there's a document which says, that Ellen obligates herself to me, or anybody else who produces this document against her, Ellen will pay that person $1,000. So now, And so the shach is of the opinion that if I lose that document, so Ellen wrote that document to me, says, I owe Shaffle $1,000, or anybody else who produces this document, I will pay them $1,000. I lose that document, and Ralph goes ahead and finds it, and Ralph comes to Ellen and says, hey, Ellen, you owe me $1,000. She says, what are you talking about? Why would I owe you $1,000? I have never, I never borrowed money from you. And he pulls out this document which says that Ellen will pay to whoever produces that document. So Ellen actually owes Ralph that $1,000. And Ellen cannot say, this is what she would want to say, but it doesn't work halachically. She cannot say, She says, I don't owe you from anything. I never borrowed any money from you. Why would I owe you $1,000? I borrowed money from Shaffle. I didn't borrow money from you. She has no right to say that when the document says she's going to honor whoever produces the document. Provided that, um, uh, uh, now he says, 
provided that it comes from um, uh, uh, the producer of that document. Actually, I shouldn't have said, presented it the way that I did. I took the $1,000, uh, I took that document and I gave it to Ralph. And Ralph, I owed Ralph money for something else. So I owed Ralph some money. So I gave him this document and he went ahead and collected it. So as long as Ralph got the document from me, he rightfully could come to Ellen and say, listen, I got this document from Schaffel, and therefore this in the document says that it's going to be honored to whoever produces it, and I expect you to go ahead and honor it, because uh, because it, it, it followed the regular wording of the star. Let's say, avalim But let's say the case is as I said it before that I lost the document, and Ralph merely found the document. Then the shach says Ellen does not have to go ahead and honor that. How, does Ellen, know, how does Ellen know how Ralph got the document? He's an honest fellow. Oh, you, you know can Ralph, be sure I'm going to ask. Is a, as honest as, as, the, as they come. And she asks him, she says, hey, how'd you get this document? It says that I owe Shaffle $1,000. Where'd you get your hands on it? He said, what do you mean? He gave it to me because he owed me money. I know it's strange in this class when we do Choshu Mishpah that people are being honest. <laughs> but let, let's just assume for argument's sake that we're dealing with a completely honest crowd. I would also check up. I would call Shaffle and say, did you give it to Ralph? Yeah, right. right. I, I, we, we may have it on video, whatever that is. Um, now, however, so that may put a limitation on who's going to be able to, to pull out that document against Ellen in order to collect. But then the Shach says, Vim Kasuv Bo. Now, let's say the way Ellen and I drafted the document in the first place was slightly differently. That whoever produces this document, Ellen agrees to pay. And then we throw in the following phrase, regardless of whether the person who produces the star is coming as an extension of me, because I gave him the star, or whether I lost the star and Mel found it in the parking lot by Shul and said, oh, I just made an easy thousand bucks off of Ellen over here because it says that I, I have the right to produce it no matter what. Oh, or, or let's say it doesn't say anything in the document. It's just a bare bond and there is no name. It's like a cashier's check, which doesn't have the name of the recipient uh, over there. So we talked about, I think we had a cashier's check once upon a time. So you have a cashier's check where the, uh, the, the name of the person who gets to use the check is left blank. So anybody who finds a blank cashier's check, if they're, they go into the bank and they get the money. There's, a, there's no questions about that. So if you have a document which is written in that way, so then, Okay, so he says at that point, so then that could be acquired just by handing it over to them. And it doesn't, uh, and, and you don't need anything more, more, more than that. Um, okay, so now what we have in source five over here is, and we're not going to read it inside, but what we have over here is we have a machlogas between the Nesivas and the Ketzos. The Nesivas and the Ketzos want to know in this case where you have this, uh, ca- let's call it a cashier's check, which uh, where it's uh, let where the, uh, the name is left uh, blank. So even though any, it, it, is, it, is it true that anybody who produces that document is going to be able to cash it in, is going to be able to go to Ellen and cash it in, or are there going to be some sort of limitations uh, on it? 
So this is something where, um, right. So is it necessary for there to be, to uh, is it necessary for me to hand that cashier's check to Ralph in order for him to be able to collect it? Or even if I lose it and he finds it, he's also going to be able to collect. So this is something which is a which is a machlokas as well. It said between the nesivus and the ktsos, whether or not there has to be some there has to be some sort of formal transfer from me to the next party in order for it to be uh, to be usable, or it's going to be literally like halachically it's going to be the exact same as the cashier's check, and whoever walks into the bank with the cashier's check is going to be able to to uh, to uh, to cash it, and it doesn't matter how they got their hands on it as long as it's still valid. So whoever produces it is going to be able to uh, to take it. So here you would have a, a similar type of thing. The, the difference between one of the differences between the nesivas and the ktsos over here is going to be this specific case of where it gets lost. So I lose the can, or you lose the canteen card. Somebody else goes in and finds it. So you, the original owner of the canteen card, who's the malva, who's the lender, you never gave it to that other party. You lost it, and now they found it. And now the question is, do they have the right to go ahead and uh, uh, exercise the uh, the uh, the right to collect that money, or do they not? So now here also is something which is going to be important in terms of the mitzias. And that is, sometimes on gift cards, we'll say it's non-transferable. So it'll say explicitly that it's not something which you're going to be able to go ahead and give to somebody else. In the event that there's something which says that on it that it's not transferable, so then the whole nesivus and the whole ksos, all of that is really out the window, because that's explicit language which says that it's only for the owner of the card, the one who bought the card, and it's not available for anybody else to go ahead and cash. Yes, Ellen? Does it matter the fact that for a gift card, they can actually trace, they actually know to whom they sold it? Um, so over here, yeah, so it, it could be if they keep track, um, you know, then that, 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 that could, that, that certainly would make a difference if they're able to, to keep track. Yeah, we're talking over here where they, uh, where they didn't keep track. You know, of what, uh, what it was. There, there was, a, we, we once got a Shiloh a number of years ago of a bookstore which had, um, they had a computer file with all of the, how much they owed, you know, from gift cards and how much they owed various uh, different people and they lost the file. And now the question was, what are they supposed to do? There, you know, there were people who owed hundreds of dollars of Svarim and stuff in Judaic or, or Svarim or like that. And now they, they didn't keep records themselves because every time they went into the, the bookstore, the bookstore would say, okay, do you want us to take from your, uh, you know, the amount which you're owed? And they just relied on the, the the store keeping good records of how much you know was still owed to them and then when that file was gone so that was a huge mess you know in terms of what exactly is now owed because nobody nobody remembered there was no recollection at all and there was no way to be able to recover that uh, the, the, that file um okay so that is that uh that's that the uh, disagreement and Right. Um, and here you have in source six, you have the note of Yehuda who expresses a similar idea. Uh, this is short enough that we could read it. So note of Yehuda says he rejects this idea that somebody who finds it is going to be able to collect just by virtue of the fact that they found it. He said, Vod, even by these cashier's checks 
or gift cards or something of that sort, where we're not going to require the normal procedure of transferring ownership of a loan document. But you still need, um, uh, there, there still is a process of transfer. And it has to come from the seller himself. In other words, and even in the event that the language is, whoever produces this has the right to collect, similar to a cashier's check, but still uh, argues the note of Yehuda. It's true that anybody who produces this is going to be able to, uh, to do so, but it has to be that I or, or you, the canteen card holder, you gave it to somebody else. So you had $5 of credit left on your card. So you decided to your friend, your friend wanted to buy an extra sweatshirt and you weren't going to buy $5. You had plenty of candy anyways for the trip home. So you gave your $5 of credit to your friend and that way your friend could buy a sweatshirt. So in that case, the seller, the canteen has to honor that card because I really owed it to you. You gave it to your friend. So that's the same thing as you collecting the money and just giving it to your friend. So rather than making things complicated, just give the friend the card and that way they get those $5 of credit. But the note of Yudas takes it as a given that even the third party who's going to redeem your card, they can only do so because they become an extension of you, even with that language. The chain, he says, ha consiment. I don't know what exactly business he's saying. Consignment. What? Consignment. Consignment. Probably consignment, yeah. maybe. Consummate. Consignment. They're taking out the, an N. And certainly the, the silent G in consignment is missing in the transliteration. But he says, consignment. So it's So it ultimately has to come from the first owner of that thing. He says, consignment. If somebody comes along and says, I found that, uh, you know, that obligation for the consignment, and I would like to go ahead and collect on it, so they're going to say, jump in the lake, this isn't yours. In other words, the same way that the canteen, undoubtedly the canteen is going to argue this, that when Mel shows up, I don't remember now who found the card, uh, but I remember we referred to, uh, to Ralph as the honest one, so we'll, go, we'll, we'll assume Mel is not the honest one, and we'll go back to Ralph as being the honest one. So when Ralph comes to the canteen and he says, listen, I found this card and I'd like to redeem it, and I have the right because it, it, there's no restriction on the card, and essentially it says whoever produces the, the canteen card is able to get stuff out of it, or is able to get it, so that according to Nodabiuda, the canteen will argue back and say no. Your right to collect somebody else's canteen money is only if they gift it to you. But if they don't gift it to you and you just find that card, we never committed to go ahead and honor that because why should we give it to you? It certainly is not yours. Nobody gave this to you. So why should we give it to you? We're going to keep it for ourselves rather than go ahead and give it to you. And the notable who would support that argument from the canteen that they have no obligation whatsoever to, uh, uh, to, uh, to give it. Um, Yeah, then the Ktsos, so he has an argument, and we, we, we won't go through the, the details of it now, but the Ktsos has this argument, this is at the beginning of Simon Samachavav, so he also has an argument that he actually thinks that Yeyush may be more effective than actually selling the debt. And that, that gives bias, and he, he has arguments as to why exactly that's, uh, that, that, that's going to work. 
about something which is not in your possession, but there's an there's a very strong argument to be made about whether or not it would uh, it would actually be uh, be effective. Okay, so let's uh, to to sort of summarize and get ourselves just to where the uh, all the uncertainty uh, rests. So there's a number of different issues which are all sort of coming to uh, to a head or, or converging as far as this shaila is is concerned. So the first thing is is if somebody loses a, a, a loan document, if a lender uh, goes ahead and uh, is miyayish, does the Vicky's ever going to get it back? So does the canteen automatically, do they have first rights to that money because it's actually in their possession or not? In other words, is there yeyush, is there such a thing as despairing from ever recovering a loan or not? So that is machlokas number one that, uh, that we had, whether there, there, there is such a thing or not. Then, even if we assume that there is, that Yehush is ineffective and the obligation is still ongoing, does the finder of this canteen card can he come along and collect with that uh, card? And that is a whole new machlokas about number one: is it possible to acquire a a a, a loan document, a star which was which was either given to you without the normal way of transferring it, or uh, if it's uh, if it's acquired, can it be acquired something from uh, which which is uh, which is lost? So that's another point which is uh, which is important. That even though it may be possible to give that over, but it may be that there's restrictions on whether or not I have to actually formally hand it to somebody else, or even if it just gets lost, and then the person, uh, uh, the finder, will they be able to go ahead and redeem that I- as well? So there was um, there was machlokas about uh, about uh, that as well. Then we said, in addition to all of that, what further complicates the matters, as we said, as we said over the course of this uh, this discussion, is whether or not this um, uh, uh, Bob brought up at the beginning, whether or not the owner actually can we assume Yeush. So money, so here is also an interesting difference between this canteen card and cash. So by cash, we always assume that, and this is a principle which is uh, which is stated in the in the Gemara, that when a person loses cash, so number one is we assume people realize right away that they're missing the cash. There's a basic assumption that people are checking their pockets to make sure that it's there. Sort of like nowadays, the equivalent of that would be their cell phone. So people are always mindful of where their cell phone is. And if they lost it, it doesn't take too long to realize that, uh, that, that, that you're missing it. So number one is there's an assumption that people keep track of that. And then number two, being that money by definition has no simon, so therefore, the person, the owner, immediately despairs from ever getting it back. So you have two factors. Number one is people are fi- realize very quickly that they lost their money. And number two, they immediately despair because there's no simon and they're never going to get it back. Over here, by the gift card, although we can assume that as a valuable object, the person will realize right away that it's missing, but we're missing the second part of that, the critical, second critical part of that, which is the automatic assumption of yeyush, because you're never going to be able to prove that the missing money is yours anyways, that isn't here, as Bob pointed out, because the person could come along and say, listen, I remember exactly what I bought on Erev Tishabov because I was trying to prepare myself for the fast, and I bought you know, this and this candy and this and this chips and this and the, this many drinks or whatever. And the person could go ahead and describe exactly what he brought. And on this air of Shabbos, I went ahead and I bought these foods. So that itself, even though it's not something which you could physically see on the card as a simon, but knowing 
what this card is associated with, what account it's associated with, that actually counts as a simon. And since we don't know for sure that there's yeyush, that means that the whole shaila in that, from that perspective doesn't really get off the ground. Because if the owner was never meyayish from it, then it remains his. There's no way you could take something from somebody if they weren't meyayish. So that is that is a, a, a factor which is important to, uh, to be mindful of. Number two, as we mentioned also, was the fact that we don't know whose money it is. Is it actually the child's money, the camper's money, or it's the parent's money? And if it's the parent's money, so then even if the child, even if the camper was miyayish, that's not going to help at all because it's not for them to be miyayish because it's the, uh, the parent's money. And then an interesting uh, extension of this, and with this we'll conclude, and that is that there's an interesting machlokas. So now all of you who are experienced Choshimishpa people, so you know that the uh, one of the most uh, um, the uh, most important rule Choshimishpa is Hamosim Chaveril Avaraya, that if you're trying to collect, the burden of proof is on you. That's rule number one of Choshimishpa. A corollary of that is a principle which we call Kimli, that when there's a machlokas about something, whether you know, it's my money or it's your money. So Kimli says, whoever has possession of that money wins the Din Torah. So seemingly, if I am the canteen and I have the $27.34 in the account, and you, the finder of the card, are trying to claim, I found this, uh, this canteen card. I, there, are, there are opinions which say that I have the right to redeem this card and therefore give me the $27.34. I, who actually have the money, I'm going to say, Kimli, I hold like those opinions who say, I don't owe you the money, that you don't have the right to collect, and I win the Din Torah. So that, that, that's basic. That Everybody here knows that idea of Kimli is that whoever's muhzik, whoever has possession of it, so they ultimately are going to, in 99 times out of 100, if not more than that, they're going to ultimately be able to hold on to that money. But let's say the case was, you walked into the canteen, you redeemed the 2734 for the car that you found, and then three hours later, you come in again and you say, I'm here to redeem a, uh, my canteen card. And I recognize you. And I say, hey, weren't you here? Th-? This time it's going to be Mel, the dishonest one. So, so Mel comes in three hours later and he has another canteen card he wants to redeem. And uh, I say, what are you doing? You already redeemed your canteen card. He says, no, no, no. That was a canteen card, which I found. That was a 2734. This is actually my card. And you owe me another $15 because it's my card. And I said, what are you doing? You had no right to redeem that. Uh, you didn't tell me that it, it was a card that you found and you were redeeming somebody else's stuff. Give me that money back. So at that point, now that Mel has the money, so he was, what we call this is Tfisa. He grabbed hold of money, which was actually subject to a debate. So in this scenario, when Mel grabbed hold of money, which was subject to a debate, there's a machlokas on that, whether he's now allowed to keep it now that we know what he did. So some people say that once he already grabbed the money, so now at this point, he's the muhsak and he gets to keep it. And other people may say that since he grabbed it improperly, because he had no right to go ahead and grab it from me, he may not be able, he, he, even though he physically has it, he may not be halachically muhsak in that money. And he may not, uh, he may be obligated to go ahead and return that back to me as well. So you see that this is one of those shilas where we've got many, many different issues, which are, which are, converging all with uh, which which uh, uh, all uh, very complicated uh, uh, issues and it makes it very hard to paskin on such a thing certainly in the car driving to an airport it makes it very difficult to go ahead and uh, paskin on uh, on such a thing uh, I ultimately I told the guy I said I don't think you should take the money I think you should just leave it uh, you should leave it be 
and let the canteen figure out what they're going to do with the extra money. But I don't think it would be, uh, it's the best thing for you to go ahead and, uh, and, and redeem that card and take the uh, money. I figure that uh, in, uh, uh, if he's calling up with the Shaila, it demonstrates that he's sensitive to halacha. And the best approach in that case is probably shave Valtasa, is just do nothing and just leave things be. And that way you for sure don't get in trouble. What did Yechiel say? What? What was Yechiel's thought? Um, uh, Yechiel, uh, when I hung up with my, let me stop there. Hold on. Um, 